Welcome to Season 2 of Offscript with Sam Monk, Senior Leader of Equippers Church. Over the next few weeks, we'll be going off-script with Sam and other leaders from his network across the globe. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Offscript. I'm Sam Monk, and we're talking about leadership lessons, what's worked, what hasn't, and everything in between. And so it's great to have Mark Collard with me. Mark's a long-term friend. <laughs> um, we've known each other for... Uh, it's got to be 20 years, Sam. 20 years. We don't Frightening. Look, we don't look that <laughs> no old. No way. Nowhere near. Uh, but Mark <laughs> came into our church in London many years ago. Yeah. And uh, since he's got married, has four children. I do. And now leads our, our locations in London. Yes. And uh, not just London, but also Colchester. Yeah. And uh, it's been great just journeying over the years with Mark um, in leadership together, working things through. And uh, he's leading a significant work here in the UK. And so we thought uh, it would be great just to get him on this uh, program and talk about leadership. Uh, but first of all, how about you just open up your, your journey because you weren't always a pastor. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. I but, know, I know. Yeah, but you once were a... Yeah, I was a pilot. I was a pilot. So um, yeah, I actually grew up in a pastor's home. So um, yeah. um, my dad was a Baptist minister and uh, yeah, led really good churches uh, up to about 200, 250 kind of solid sized churches, nothing massive, but you know, kind of good churches. But having seen that, you know, I definitely had no natural burning desire <laughs> to go into ministry. I, 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 yeah, I saw some good days, but man, I definitely saw some tough days for like mum and dad. And uh, so there was nothing in me that was like, I want to be a pastor, you know? And uh, even if my siblings joke now, they're like, you love, you like the glory. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> I, I didn't choose this. This chose me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I trained um, as a pilot. So I was really, really, um, I was I was blessed, I suppose. Why, 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 what led you to want to be a pilot? Um, man, there's loads of different things in it, but essentially, uh, went to university, studied a very, very exciting subject called mathematics, wow. and uh, man, that was dull. Came out <laughs> and thought, well, I definitely don't want to do anything with maths, and um, I don't know, you know, man, I was pretty young, and I suppose... The idea of travel was cool, and and I thought, hey, let's like maybe going on an adventure. Yeah, yeah going yeah. on an adventure, and um, so uh, I just happened to be reading. I think it was a newspaper, and British Airways were advertising a cadet training scheme, and that basically meant that meant that um, if you got in, they would pay for all of your training, wow, and you're kind of guaranteed a job. And so it's super competitive to get a, like an airline job. And um, so I applied for it. First time around, I didn't get it. But I, didn't get, I didn't get a single reply to my application, which took like days because it was essays and essays. It was eight essays you had to write. Didn't, didn't hear a reply. And um, went back a year later and just did the same thing and um, went through one stage to another stage. And about, I don't know, five or six stages later, they finally said, um, you're in. And so, yeah, that's what I started off doing. And um, I enjoyed it for a while, but I actually found myself getting bored quite quickly. Yeah. And I've come to realize subsequently through, you know, um, personality testing that one of my number one goals is, is maximizer. So yeah. I want to take something and I want to make it better. Like yeah. I can't just 
just take what it is and leave it. And so, as you can imagine, in an in an airplane, no one wants you to make anything better. <laughs> well, well, you've told me that some of the most exciting times was when you had uh, rough weather yeah, to navigate, absolutely, and uh, a challenging landing. That's like that was that that made it worth turning up to work. Yeah, uh, when when it was like, man, that was like tested me to the limit. Uh, but when it was maintenance mode and a, a management way of operating within two years, actually, um, I, I, I felt like, man, this is, I don't think this is what I meant to do. Yeah. And at the same time, I'd moved to London, I'd finished my training, moved to London, and it's a pretty cool story, but I was looking uh, to rent um, an apartment and I went into that apartment and there was a Hillsong calendar on the wall. This is before Hillsong were huge, remember? Yeah. Um, they were big in Australia, but they weren't in anywhere else in the world. I think they just started in London. And I said to the lady in the flat, Hey, um, I'd heard of Hillsong, but I didn't know much about them. And I said, do you go to that church? And she said, no, I go to this little church. Uh, she called it a little Kiwi church because it was like 20 people <laughs> and your dad and mom, Pastor Bruce and Helen had just arrived a year before. And, um, she said, why don't you come? And so I walked through the door and, um, Within one week, I was home. It was pretty amazing. One yep. week, I was like, this is where I'm going to be. Yeah, And that's where the journey of leadership began for me. And you were still flying at the time. Yeah, still flying at the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Flying. So uh, what's the similarities between being a pilot and being a pastor? Oh. Are there any? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to get people safely to a destination. Yeah, safely to a destination. <laughs> um, uh, high levels of responsibility, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, high, you know, you take your job very seriously. It's not a job you... Well, an aircraft, you do park and you go home, but while you're there, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't switch off. It's pretty important. Um, but other than that... <laughs> you're navigating turbulent weather. There's always turbulence. Well, that's true. There's plenty of turbulence. <laughs> this is totally off script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I thought about it. Maybe I could have jotted down five yeah, yeah, things, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's not too many. But, you know, God got a hold of your heart pretty early on, yeah. you know, as you came along to yeah. equip his church, yeah. you know, was which was very much in its inception at Absolutely. that time. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you've seen the growth, the development of the church. Yeah over those those years but what was the moment where you go oh you know i, I don't know whether the piloting thing or the mm. pastoral mm. leadership call really came alive in you there's two moments that i remember i'll never I'll, and i'll never forget either one of them i remember like it was yesterday and um, i remember being on my bed i had um, my bible open my journal open still flying no desire to be a pastor at this point yeah uh, however i recognized that there was an ability of leadership to some level no one had ever really acknowledged that before and i didn't grow up thinking i'm a leader but um really you know bruce and helen started to put me in some positions of um, responsibility and 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 some of that seemed to go okay and i remember literally being on my bed one day with my journal and i and i I remember just saying, God, um, it was one of those prayers, when it comes out of your mouth, you know you can't take it back. <laughs> yeah. You made a declaration, you made a promise. And I just remember saying, God, I don't know what my future holds, but I, I kind of commit to you that I will serve your church in some form of leadership wow. for the rest of my life, whatever that looks like. And um, Whatever that looks like is a key part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a key part because I had no clue what the future looked like. Yeah. And I remember the words came out of my mouth and I remember it was almost like I just, I just thought, man, you can't take those back. You, that was a promise to God. And I actually think to this day, God, it, God took them. At that yeah. moment, I think he went, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah I receive it. 
Yeah. Um, so that was a key moment where it was like, okay, I'm really like putting my future before you. Um, but then the second one was really where frustration is our friend because yeah. I just remember being away from home a lot, traveling with work and and then we were starting to do cool things like run conferences and have yeah. guest speakers in. And mm -hmm. I remember like desperately wanting to be there, yeah. but then getting my, and I would put my roster request in like no weekends, but I'm like the juniors of junior pilots. And so, you know, you get whatever's given, you've got no priority. Yeah. And I'd be ringing up all my friends going, you know, do you want to, do you want to swap a, you know, a route? I'll take, I'll take, you know, uh, 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 your Manchester return and you can have my Rome three-day trip, you know? Manchester, Rome. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you can have the best of what I've got. I'll take the worst of Manchester, what you've what's got. Wrong? No. Manchester's <laughs> good. Sorry to anyone who's in Manchester. But, um, and, and I just, it was like, I'd do whatever I could to be in the room. Yeah. And um, I just remember I got more and more frustrated. I remember missing like a key conference yeah. and thought, man, I'm so gutted. And I'm not at this conference. And just remember one day like this, it was like a tipping point where I realized uh, going to work purely provided money yeah. to live, but my passion was not there. Yeah. I, I was falling in love with God's house, falling in love with building Jesus' church, and I just wanted to give it everything. And so there was that, yeah. that tipping point. And so those are two really key moments that I remember very well. well. Isn't it interesting that God puts that desire in you Yeah, to a point where you go, like a lot of people, oh man, they get FOMO if they miss a football game yeah. or they miss, yeah. but, but the Holy Spirit works and draws out what's in you, yes. and he puts this desire, desire on the inside yeah. where you just, man, I can't miss out on no on what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's that's a big thing because without desire, yeah. it's it's pretty hard to lead. <laughs> I don't know how you could sustain the journey of leadership without that burning desire. And like 20 years later, truthfully, not, not end of this year, 19 years I'll have been on staff, I, I, yeah. I'm probably, not a lot's changed. Like I still don't want to miss out on stuff and I still want to be in the center of what God's doing. And when I hear about what's happening, it's like, man, I want to be part of it. And so, yeah, I reckon that's a key part to just enduring um, over a reasonable length. So how have you sort of maintained that desire over many years? Because um, is there times where you think, oh, man, I want to throw in the towel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are there times where the desire's <laughs> waned a little bit? And if it has, what have been some of the keys to reigniting or finding that place of desire yeah well i'd love to say like you know every day's been like a get up and can't wait to get to work or you know whatever yeah. uh but that's obviously not true there's been times when it's been really rough it's been it, there's been some tough times some great times some tough times i think um the power of connection has yeah. been the probably the greatest principle that i can think of that has kept me doing what i'm doing yeah um, and that has come from leaders, if you like, who are above me, for want of a better word. It's mm -hmm. come from like my peer level leaders. Yeah. Um, and it's come from people that I lead. Um, but definitely the, the willingness to connect, yeah. no matter what the cost, even when you don't feel like it. And I just know there were times when, man, I just felt like, yeah, I felt close to giving up, felt like, man, yeah. this is too hard, felt like, oh, God, I've, given you everything and I can't see yet the vision of my heart. Yeah. And uh, what has kept me is, has been, you know, naturally good devotions, naturally a love for God. Yeah. I think that's a baseline. But yeah. what has, in the leadership sense, has been 
uh, relentless, I think, in connecting with, with the people God's put me on the journey with and not looking outside too much. Sure, be inspired by other people, but actually in terms of our yeah. global family, just saying, this is home, this is who, you know, I'm being honest yeah. and just saying, yeah. I remember having a conversation with yeah. you once in New Zealand and I just said, man, it's tough. And I think your response was, you're done. And I said, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And actually I wasn't rejected at that moment. I wasn't um, made to feel small in that moment. There was always an acceptance that even if it's tough, even if you failed, even if you feel like you haven't made it, hey, we're on this journey together and we're going to do it for the next like however long. It's not a five minute thing. And that has kept me motivated for many years. Well, I think, you know, even the um, the whole thing that the relationship wasn't based even on your position not as at well. All. No, and, absolutely. And, and that's where we say significant ministry flows out of significant relationship. Because, you know, there's times I feel like, you know, we all want to give in. Yeah. Uh, but that's where we need um, somebody to come and lift lift up our hands. The Bible talks about lifting up the yes. hands of those that hang down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though we're living on polar opposite sides of the world, it's, it's, it's proof that geography should not isolate a person, especially in today's day and age with the technology uh, that we've got. But one thing I've admired about you is when you have hit a crisis, when you've been at a point of need, you haven't uh, distanced yourself. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a key aspect of, of leadership, just in leading yourself, if you want to just talk about it, because, mm. you know, in your in your flesh, yeah, you do want to isolate. Yeah, when you're maybe not kicking goals, when yeah. you when <laughs> when things aren't going right, you do. You know, you do. Do you just want to open up that a little bit? Yeah, I I I think um I think a key part of that has been that the relationship isn't based on performance. It's it's based on this is a God thing. God's brought us together. Um, you know how God brought me into equippers was totally yeah. supernatural. Um, how God is, you know, connecting us around the world. There's this, this supernatural aspect to it. And I think when you know that's there, that definitely helps. Yeah, <laughs> That definitely. definitely helps to know, hey, you're not going to get rejected. Yeah. You're not going to get, hey, you, you're useless. Like, man, yeah. you're not kicking. What are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't think I've honestly ever had anyone in leadership ever have that conversation with me. What are you doing? Like, yeah. Are you just mucking around? Like, <laughs> honestly, and, and yeah. that's, so that, that gives you the willing or the openness to go, hey, I'm really struggling, could you help? Um, but I think also like why, why, why just, that, just that knowing yeah. you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. And I'll be the first to say, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. And I don't want to do it by myself. And so <laughs> yeah. like if you know it's not about you, it's about us, then then why wouldn't you reach out in a moment of crisis and say, I'm str- like I really need help right yeah. now. Um if you think it's all about you, it's going to be hard. That's like the pride aspect of that's going to be hard for you to overcome and say, yeah, put your hand up. But I think if you just live every day with it's not about you, you yeah. can't do it by yourself. That's a healthy disposition to take. Yeah, it's yeah. just a healthy place. Yeah, yeah. and it's a press. It's a much less pressured place than man. I gotta, I gotta grow this church. I gotta kick these goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think that then you know that spirit then uh, flows into your team. Yes, because you know I often think that if somebody's struggling, last thing I want them doing is is pretending, hey, no, I'm good. Yeah. But on the inside, they're they're actually sh- struggling. Yeah, and I think sometimes you know we can even talk about honor. Yes, 
honor, but the same root word where honor uh, that's used for honor is this whole thing of honesty. Yes, honesty, and sometimes in the name of honor, I found people haven't been integral to what's happening on the inside. That's so true. Yeah, <laughs> and just like if your kids, you know, are suffering, yeah, <laughs> you don't want them coming home and going, "Nah, Dad, everything's great, everything's amazing." Yeah, you know, you, you want them owning what's going on, and and naturally, you're not going to slam them. No, and and I actually think like one of my probably my 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 strongest spiritual gifts is exhorter. Yeah, and I think exhorters have got to be really careful because our natural disposition is to be quite positive yeah. and to and to kind of project a little bit. Yeah, like that's what we that's just how we're wired. Like we're I, I'm wired to like to stand up and lift the room. Like yeah. like to say, come on, it's going to be good. God's good. We're going to yeah. make it. Um, and but, we need that in today's world. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. We really need it. But 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 equally, um, you got to sometimes go, okay, yes, in faith, <laughs> we're still there. But the reality of where we are right now is is really hard. Yeah. So, you know, that whole connection side of things, no doubt, you know, is is big in in your world. What what would you say to a whole lot of leaders who are feeling isolated, mm. um, feeling alone, um, feeling like ah oh, man, uh, you know they're not they don't know up from down yeah. right at this time? Would you? Yeah. Well, I think um, I think you've for me connections just a, a massively important value. I mean, equippers together together is our, yeah. our fifth value. So um, where people are feeling isolated. I think I think we've got to. I think we've got to pray first of all. We've yep. got to say, God, like, who's out there? Who am I going to connect with? Who's around me? But I'd also say, like, honestly, humble yourself. Yeah. Like, just be a little humble and say it's okay. Yeah. To lower your guard and and go to someone you really trust and say, could you help me? Because what's relationship based out of? Relationships not based out of a front. It's yeah. based out of a reality of where our lives are at and that intersection. So when leaders are struggling, I would just say, man, you, you have to connect. Yeah. And if you're not connecting on a regular basis in a meaningful way, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> meaningful is yeah. You know, people are gonna say I connect, but it's not it's you know, it's not meaningful. And it's gotta be more than just an agenda. So yeah, yeah many people can connect around a gen, uh, an agenda. Uh-huh. And then once you've gone through the agenda, it's like conversation ends that's why we'll call this off script off script <laughs> yeah. is because i found some of the most meaningful conversations have been just sitting in a cafe talking and there's been a god agenda yeah through just talking and they've been some of the some of the most significant conversations that i've been a part of and i think creating that space is so is so vital as well yeah, and I think we've got to like as a leader, we've got to make sure that people that we're approachable, yeah, and that um, people know they they can approach us for connection as as, as much well as much as leaders we need mm-hmm. connection because like you, man, yeah. some of the best ideas, some of the best God moments have happened in a in a coffee shop where somebody said, oh, "I've just got this thought of this yeah. idea. What do you think?" And you're like, <gasps> "Amazing, God, yeah, <laughs> you know." And it didn't happen in a meeting, and it didn't happen a planning session. Yeah, it just happened. As we opened our hearts to one another and said, "Hey, what do you think?" That's great. Yeah, that's really helpful. And uh, you know, I think as leaders, we're going to model what we want to see multiplied in our teams. And so, how we connect often will give a model 
um, for other people to make connections and bring themselves out of, out of isolation. Hey, that's great. Thanks, Mark, for Good. joining us. This is Off Script. I'm Sam Monk. And if this has blessed you in any way, uh, please like, share, uh, pass it around uh, because we're here to help uh, everybody grow as leaders. Uh, we'd like to see you next time. And so God bless. Thanks for listening to Off Script with Sam Monk. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure you pass it on. We love your feedback, so drop us a line about what topics you'd like to hear about on Offscript with Sam Mike.